Well, welcome, welcome, welcome. Grab your seats. Tonight, we are going to do a standalone uh, sermon. We'll start a series next week that will be excellent. But tonight, as the first Friday night, you know, just do that, like, who are we, where are we, where is the Lord calling us? And so, uh, if you have your Bibles, I'm just going to read one verse. It's Psalm 127. Verse one, if you have your Bibles, you can open there. If you don't, it'll be on the screen. I'm gonna read it a couple times uh, and then ask you to read it with me for the third time. So hear the word of the Lord. Psalm 127, verse one. The psalmist said, unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. And unless the Lord watches over the city, The guards stand watch in vain. That's time number one. Second time, hear the word of the Lord. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. And unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. And now would you pray this with me tonight as a congregation? Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. And unless the Lord watches over the city, The guards stand watch in vain. Let's pray together. Lord, we need you tonight. It's as simple as that. We are not God. We are not in control. We don't have enough. We lack wisdom. And James, the the half-brother of Jesus, James said, if any of you lacks wisdom, ask God who gives it graciously without finding fault and it will be given to you. And so tonight we say we need your wisdom We need your direction, we need your counsel, we need your instruction, we need you to make more of us. So Lord, tonight as the preacher, I say I must decrease and you must increase. Jesus, be lifted up, be exalted. And I pray that somehow, someway, I would get out of the way and the word of the Lord would be heard even in spite of me. Let the word of the Lord be heard tonight. Build the house, Lord. Watch over the city, we pray. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and all God's people said, amen. amen. It's the new year. It's a wonderful time to seek the Lord. It's always a good time to seek the Lord, period. And this is a great time, as Brett was saying earlier, of resetting, of saying, okay, Lord, what's, what's fresh? We turn the page on the calendar. We see that new number. It's January. What are you up to and, and uh, what are you doing and what are you saying? And last year was a really great time for Lisa and I. Early in the year, we got a few days away to do just that, to say, Lord, here we are. We're shutting everything else down. We don't have to feed anyone else. We don't have to run anyone to school. We have nothing to do but be together and be in your presence and to hear from you. And the Lord spoke two things to us. I'm not gonna tell you what those things were because that's not even germane to the conversation here tonight. But the Lord spoke to us two things that really carried us for the whole year. And it was amazing to follow those words and to see the Lord at the end of the year. He delivered, he, he provided, he made good, exceedingly abundantly above and beyond all that we could have asked or hoped for or imagined. And so what I'm saying to you tonight is let's use this beginning of the year to, to sit in God's presence and to ask those questions and to dream and to pray and, and do that personally if, if you've got a business that you own, 
do that about your work. And I want you to know, as an elder at New Life Church, I'm one of the eight elders at New Life Church. Scott is an elder at the church, and he's here. And we take that role seriously. And we have been seeking the Lord as the elders of the church about, Lord, what are you saying to New Life Church? What are you calling us to in this new year? And so tonight, I wanna put two things in front of you that we have discerned from the Lord, that we've sensed the Lord is stirring in us and speaking to us about the year that God is leading us into as a church. So let me put these two things in front of you tonight. And the first thing that we're sensing as the elders of the church and that we're calling you to is a year of power in the spirit through prayer. I, I know that ought to be just obvious, right? Yeah, we're Christians, we pray, yes, but the Lord is reawakening something in us as a church. We have the World Prayer Center here on our campus that has been around for over 20 years and there's so much history and there have been different seasons of God moving really powerfully in prayer and we're always praying, but we sense that there's a new stretch that the Lord is inviting us into in prayer, that he's going to give us power in the spirit through prayer. Isaiah, the great prophet, was talking to a nation of Israel that was in great devastation. They had been driven into exile for years. Life had fallen apart. They had lost their homeland. Uh, they were broken up. The tribes that had been, they had culture and they shared language and shared so many customs and that had been decimated as they were driven in to a foreign land under a foreign power that did not recognize Yahweh. And Isaiah, after decades of devastation, there's a shift where God says, oh, I'm going to bring you back home. I'm gonna bring you back to the promised land. I'm gonna do a new thing. Behold, I make all things new. And now it springs forth. And Isaiah, in that season where God was saying, the shift is coming, there's newness on the horizon, the Lord speaks to the prophet Isaiah and God says, these people I will bring to my holy mountain and I will give them joy in my house of prayer. Who would sign up for some more joy this year? In a world that is so frustrated and angry and, and chaotic and anxious, I will give you joy in my house of prayer, says Yahweh. Their burnt offerings and sacrifices will be accepted on my altar. We're gonna be open for doing business again. Like the kingdom is gonna break out. Like don't look now, but newness is on the way. He says, for my house, this is God speaking, for my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. For my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. Jesus comes on the scene some 600, 700 years after Isaiah penned these words, and Jesus grabs these words. He goes into church one day, and he says, you've been distracted. You've turned my house of prayer into a den of thieves. You've lost your focus. There's been mission drift. You think that this is some sort of business, and you think that you gotta get your power politically, and you think, no, 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 no. My house will be. It has always been, and it will always be a house of prayer for all nations, and Jesus turns over the tables and wakes the people back up, and, I, and we sense that the Lord is doing that for us here in this moment, my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. And I'll just say that we are living in a time of great devastation. Can we just name that? We're living in a time where, where we may be settled at home, but there, there is a sense of exile. Like, what, what have we lost? And Lord, would you bring us back home? And, and I want to say that the American church has greatly misunderstood where true power comes from. Can we repent tonight? 
I'm not, I'm not pointing a finger at you. I'm saying that the church is the, the group of people, the people of God are the people that take ownership and we go first and we bow the knee and we repent and we say, Lord, we're sorry. We know you have so much more for us than this. We repent and the, the American church has become so distracted and mission drift and we think that we'll be powerful if we gain political power. And I'm just here to rebuke that lie tonight in Jesus' name. It's, it's a distraction. Politics, it, thank you, cool, that's great. I'm not mad, politics is great. Lisa and I vote. It's a right, it's a responsibility. We live in America. What a blessing to be able to speak to the process. You should do that. Do not abdicate your responsibility. Don't hear me saying that politics is meaningless. It's very important. But it is not where true power comes from. You don't have to have a, 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 a majority in the Senate to have power. You don't have to have a majority in the Congress to have power. True power does not come from Wall Street. True power does not come from articles being written about your, your little group in the paper. True power does not come from special people showing up on your doorstep and, and, and photo-opping. That's not real. It's a distraction. And we have chased that thing. We have thought that that's important. And meanwhile, we have abdicated our spiritual authority while we're chasing political power. And Jesus had no political power. I need you to see that he's this guy. And they said, can anything good come from Nazareth? I mean, this is like a homeless, wandering vagabond who came from a single mom. Do you know that Jesus was ridiculed? They thought, what an idiot, what a fool, he's poor. Foxes have holes and birds have nests, but the son of man doesn't even have a place to lay his head. Who is this joker that heals the sick and opens blind eyes and feeds 5,000 and raises the dead just because he knows where true power comes from? He dwells in communion with his father. And when crowds want to write articles about him, what does he do? He sends them away and he goes to the mountains and he falls on his face and he says, I only want to do what I see you doing. And I only want to say what I hear you saying. And into your hands I commit my spirit. And Rome is not the truest story on planet earth. God, your kingdom come and your will be done on the earth as it is in heaven. And even if it means I carry a cross up Golgotha, I will die to show the world what true power looks looks like. Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And in his moment, the political world scratched their head at him and he shows them over time. You want to know what power is? Power is being willing to stretch out your arms for the sake of the world, even if it costs you everything. And Herod falls on his knees and Caesar Augustus falls on his knees. And we're not talking about Roman anymore. We're talking about Jesus Christ, the one who's raised and seated at the right hand of the Father, who will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead and his kingdom will have no end. Friends, we have to remember where true power comes from. It comes from the place of prayer. It comes from a people who are willing to sacrifice. It comes from a people who are willing to turn the other cheek. People who are willing to go the extra mile. People who are willing to buy apartment complexes for people who are homeless. We have to remember. We have to get back to our first love. We have to get back to our innocence. We have to get back to our purity of heart. We have to get back to being servants that wash the feet of the world. And I don't like to do that. 
The only way my heart gets in line with that is by living in the place of prayer. Spiritual impotence, I'll just say this, we the church have been spiritually impotent, but it doesn't have to be that way. Spiritual impotence is a self-inflicted wound and it will be in the place of prayer that we recover our strength and our spiritual hungry, hunger and our purity of heart. We don't have to be a weak American church. And I'm, again, I'm not talking about new life. I'm talking about let's let new life be the, the new leader in, and show the church what it looks like. We fall back on our knees. We learn to fast and pray again. And we bless those who curse us and we stretch out our arms in the image of Jesus. And if we will do that, we will find spiritual power. We will find authority in the heavenly realms that we never dreamed of. Church, the world is dying for us to be this kind of people again. We've known it, and it's possible, and it's available, and true power will come in the place of prayer. We sense as elders that it's time to pray again. And so we're calling you as a church to pray again. I want to put this graphic up on the screen in the World Prayer Center, Monday through Thursday, every day, uh, 7.30 and noon, we'll have eight prayer meetings every week. And we're inviting you to come. We're inviting you to pick a routine that works for you. Just pick one and, and show up every week. Unless you're on vacation, unless you're out, maybe you can come at lunch break and fast through the lunch break with us and let's seek the Lord and let's fall on our knees and let's fall in love with prayer again. Let's fall in love with Jesus again. And, and so we're calling you as a church. Eight times a week, we're giving you opportunities, Monday through Thursday, 7.30 till 8.30 and noon to one. Join us and let's become a prayer church afresh. Can you say amen tonight? Thank you. The second thing that we're sensing that I want to put in front of you tonight for your consideration and for your prayer is that we're sensing it's a year of leaving a legacy. It's a year of leaving a legacy. It's, it's, it's time for us to ensure the future of the church uh, and, and it's time for us to leave a legacy. Specifically, I want to I tell you what we've sensed the Lord say. Is we have faith for New Life Church being debt-free by the end of the year. And that is a big, bold thing to say. That feels almost a little scary to say, but it also feels fun to say a big, bold, scary thing and go put that in your pipe and smoke it, devil. <laughs> we have faith. We have faith to be debt-free by the end of the year. Now, let me take you on a little historical journey of New Life Church. In 2006, when Pastor Brady came from Texas, we, we had gone through so much uh, difficulty the year before losing our founding senior pastor. In 2006, when Brady came, we were $26 million in debt. And that was a really bad scenario. That, that, wasn't, a great, that wasn't a great moment. And then shortly after that, a global downturn, an economic great recession and we, it was just, it was really difficult. There were some months where we were going, give us this day and keep these lights on, Lord. And, and Pastor Brady came in and he was just the right man for the job because he had this ability to, to size up the scenario. He had outside perspective and, and worked in the business world and knew what he was doing and he, he, he got us tight. He got us budgeting in a different way and got us thinking differently about money. And I'm happy to report to you that today we are at $9.6 million in debt. So that's a really, really, really good thing. But what I'm happy to say along with that is that we've made incredible progress on the debt while still being aggressive for the poor, both globally and locally. 
There were lots of people who said to Pastor Brady and to our elders in that time, okay, uh, Pastor Brady was dreaming about dream centers and, and a me- medical clinic for women and let's, let's buy apartment complexes for the homeless and he, like big, bold, just God dreams. And people would pull Brady aside occasionally and say to him, you know, bless your heart, Pastor Brady, but you should wait to do that until we're debt free. And Brady said, if taking care of the poor makes us shut our doors, then so be it, but we're gonna take care of the poor. Proverbs says, he who gives to the poor lends to the Lord, and the Lord will reward him for that. And so Brady said, I have faith to do the scary thing, to take care of other people before we get our house in order. Like, we're gonna, we're gonna trust God, we're gonna do what we can, but we have to take the risk because Jesus called us to take care of those people. So we're gonna do it even if it costs us. So I'm happy to say to you tonight, We're not at $9.6 million in debt because we've been socking it all away and taking care of number one. We're at $9.6 million of debt while opening up dream centers and a women's clinic and Mary's home that is completely full and being aggressive in, in Central America and being aggressive in Africa and being aggressive in Asia and taking care of people both globally and locally. God, what we've learned about God is that you can't outgive him. <laughs> you just keep trying to you know, take a risk and God somehow, some way, 30, 60 and 100 fold brings it back to you. And my pastor growing up said, if God can get it through you, he will get it to you. And so we have, we have given it away and we've also gotten our debt down to $9.6 million and we praise the Lord for that. But here's what we've learned. In the last two years of COVID land, we've realized that our congregations, four of our congregations that rent space, they are vulnerable. Think about this, we have eight congregations, four of them have permanent space. We are one of them, thank God we're living in mom and dad's basement, you know? It's a really great situation. Thank you, Brady, appreciate that. But we, we don't wonder week to week where we're gonna go and, and there's a great children's ministry that receives our kids, we got a great space here. Four, half of our congregations don't have that. And when COVID broke out, we realized that we were at the mercy of school systems who could kick us out for 18 months and go, yeah, sorry, we're not having anyone in here, we're not interested, we're at the mercy of city councils, we're at the mercy of state governments, and it's just time for us to get a permanent space for our other congregations, so it's time to establish our footprint in the city with permanent meeting spaces for our congregations. So two things can happen as we become debt-free. I wanna put these in front of you. The first thing is we can focus on finding that permanent space for our other congregations, that's the first thing. Second, is we can have a full release of our funds to the poor, the widow, the orphan, the homeless, the migrant. And, and praise God, God has provided for us, but we're just ready to stop paying the bank. We're ready to not have a mortgage on our house so that we can take care of the kids and the grandkids and send our resources out to those who need it. So we're doing it and we're being aggressive already, but we dream of and we pray for the day and we yearn for the day when we have no debt so that we can just give all of it away to all of these people who need the strong church in Colorado Springs to leverage all of our strength. So it's just time to get out of debt. Can you say amen? Amen. 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 But I wanna say to you uh, a couple things about this. Uh, You've never heard us say something this specific. We don't stand up every year and go, this is the year to be debt-free, right? Bless God, let's go for it. And it's sort of like the boy who cried debt-free, you know, boy who cried wolf. <laughs> every year, yeah, you know. We don't, so I want you to know that we have heard this, we've sensed this from the Lord, and we're saying it now for the first time because we, it, 
it's an act of faith to, to get in line with what we sense the Lord is doing. So we don't get up and do this all the time and we don't twist people's arm to give and we will not manipulate. God loves a cheerful giver. We will never be that church. So I need you to know that if, if we're saying this, we really sense that this is a moment. The second thing that I wanna say is that I almost said, we wanna be debt free as quickly as possible because that's safer. It gives me an out. You know, oh, you know, let's just, we'll just shoot for the moon and if we hit the stars, we'll be fine. <laughs> you know, like I'm not, I want you to know that it, it takes an act of faith to stand up and say this out loud to you. But we're saying it because we really sense the Lord is doing something special. But I'll also say I have no idea how that will happen, but I have complete faith that it can happen. I don't know how, but I have faith that. And, and we are ready to trust Jesus. Our, our rule of thumb is if God can raise Jesus from the dead, 9.6 million is nothing. If God can raise Jesus from the dead, everything is on the table. If God can raise Jesus from the dead, his economy is not struggling. If God can do this, if God can lead Israel through the wilderness, if God can split the Red Sea, if God can settle them, in the, if God can bring Daniel out of the lion's den, if God can, and if God can, and if God can, you just read the book, he's pretty great. And so if God can do that, nothing is impossible with God. Now, maybe some of you have a hookup with Warren Buffett, and Warren, if you're watching, I love you, bro. I love you. Love Nebraska. I hear that you go to uh, McDonald's every morning. I love you, man. I'm a big fan. Hook a bro up. I'm talking to the camera right now. Maybe some of you have stock options at Tesla or Family Foundation or you're a trust fund baby. I don't care. Make it happen. Maybe some of you have sold a business and you're ready to give a tithe, but I just want you to see that this is actually a part of our story. That Acts chapter four says this about the early church. It says, and there were no needy persons among them. And these people were poor. Like we're living in, in the most prosperous time in human history. These people were being dominated by Rome and some scholars wonder if they were giving up to 70 to 90% of their money in taxation. And there were no needy ones among them. For from time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them. They brought the money from the sales and they put it at the apostles' feet and it was distributed to anyone who had need. So for us to be debt-free, some of these beautiful and big and glorious, miraculous things need to happen, period. But also there will be a bunch of us, blue-collar or middle-class saints, being faithful and tithing and taking steps of faith Everyone, wherever you are on that spectrum, whatever you can give, it's not about the amount as much as it is living by faith. And so wherever you are, I invite you this year to live by faith. Lisa and I are talking about this and praying about this and dreaming about this and trying to find that number that we're gonna ask God with this crazy number. Lord, would, would you enable us to do that this year? And we're doing it in such a way where it kind of <gasps> takes our breath away, but that's a good place to live on the edge of faith. So I'm inviting you to live on the edge of faith. I have no idea how it will happen, but I have faith that it can happen and it's God's job to do the impossible. It's our job to stand in faith and to give what he asks of us. So why do I use this language of a year of leaving a legacy? This is a scriptural thing and psalmist in Psalm 102 
verse 18, he says, let this book be written, the Bible. Let, let this story be written. For a future generation that a people not yet born may praise the Lord. I, I heard that when I was a little kid. I don't know, I don't know what was going on, but I, I heard that as a little kid and it stuck in my soul. Like, let's go for it and here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna live in such a way that a people not yet born would be swept up into this story. That, that's called legacy. That's called saints taking risks and, 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 and planting trees that they will never find shade under. Generations after them coming and sitting under a beautiful oak or beautiful pond and just going, man, this is beautiful. People that they will never know that have been dead and in the ground long did the work of planting something that other people came along and enjoyed the fruit of. The psalmist says, live such a life by faith. Like, participate in the kingdom of God while it's your run on earth. Why? So that a people not yet born would praise the Lord. It's a year of leaving a legacy. This month, new life begins its 38th year of ministry. How many of you are younger than 40? Raise your hand. Lisa's not, but I am. I am so happy. I'm under 40. How's, how you doing, babe? You good? You need anything? You need a nap? You all right? Okay. I was waiting all day to say that. I was waiting all day to say that. Anyone got a couch? Anyone got a couch? <laughs> 38th year beginning... I was in diapers with a pacifier in my mouth, running around Tulsa, Oklahoma. Never knew Colorado Springs. I was a little kid. I, I'm just, I just need my next meal and I need someone to put me to bed. And, and someone, there was a group of people out here hearing from the Lord saying, plant a church. Let's go. And do work that will bless a people that are not even born yet. And they prayed and they fasted. And I, I've heard stories and I've talked to people who came out here when this was just pasture land. There was no In-N-Out Burger. There was no Great Wolf Lodge. There was nothing out here. When New Life Church bought this land, uh, word has it that the Gazette wrote an article basically saying New Life Church put a nail in its own coffin because no one will ever go there. How you like us now, Gazette? <laughs> just kidding. But they bought this raw piece of dirt out in no man's land and they would come out here and many of them would lay on the dirt and they would intercede and fast and pray. And they would say, God, we see it. God, we see it. It's not here and we don't have any idea how it could ever happen. But if you raise Jesus from the dead, get glory for your name here. Have your way. On the, in the, the ground we're standing on, sitting on tonight, people laid in the dirt and they travailed in prayer and here we are riding on the wave of their faithfulness, receiving the blessing and the benefit. People not yet born are praising the Lord because of the saints that went before us and it's our turn to do that. I, am, I, 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 I love getting older, I'm 39. I've, I, I can't wait to be 80. Lord, please let me get to 80. I, I, I love thinking about being old. And at 40, 39, almost 40, uh, this is my midlife run and, and I feel the responsibility. It's not anyone else's job anymore. 
to take responsibility for a people not yet born praising the Lord in this place. It's not, I'm not going to deflect or abdicate my responsibility. It's my job. It's Lisa's job. It's your job. This is a year of ensuring that we can leave a legacy for a people not yet born. In the early 80s, a group of saints saw a vision and they fasted and they prayed. And one of those saints is here. And Bob, I want you to come up tonight. This is my friend. Many of you who've been around know Mr. Bob Staten. He's 93 years old. Come on. 90. Oh, I'm sorry. 94. Holy smokes. Come on, brother. God bless. God bless. Take your seats. Bob said, I left my crutches back at my seat. We'll get you there, baby. Don't you worry about it. You hold on right here. Where's my wheelchair? He said, get out of here. He plays golf uh, a couple times a week when the weather's right. This is just, this has nothing to do with the sermon, but it's just funny. He walks in and he, he says, I'd like, uh, you know, uh, to pay for nine holes. And they give him, you know, his cart and all this. And he said, if I'm not back in two hours, call 911. <laughs> but Bob is a living legend and he's a man of God, married 56 years to Miss LeRae, who entered her rest... She entered her rest, was it 12, 13 years ago now? Yes, 09, I think it was. 09, okay, so 13 years ago, entered her rest. Bob was the youngest man in the United States history to own a car dealership. 25 years old. He's sold two car dealerships through the years. He's worked hard. He's excellent. He's rolled up his sleeve. He's got 50 cents of the first. No, you're, just let me, this is my pulpit, okay? I, In every other way, I will defer to you, but in praising you, get in line, okay? (laughs) Probably got 25, 30 cents of the first dollar he ever made. Just lean and mean, faithful. He's been tithing all these years. They've made several sacrificial gifts through the years and building funds and different stuff. To make this place go, Bob and LeRae came out here after retirement, and they've been here serving, and they were here for the founding of this. They, they helped make New Life Church what it is. And I was in my prayer time this morning thinking about leaving a legacy. And immediately I thought about this man. And I wrote down in my journal, I put it up here, it says, I have three children that were a people not yet born that are praising the Lord because of the sacrifice of Mr. Bob and his friends. And it's not Mr. Bob's turn anymore. He's done his work. It's our turn. It's my turn, it's your turn. So let's sign up and do it all over again for a people not yet born. Church, we sense as the elders of New Life Church that God has given us a window here to be aggressive, to secure the future so that we can bless our city, so that we can bless uh, the, the nations of the earth and it's time to get debt free so that we can leave a legacy that Mr. Bob and his friends started. And so tonight, would you give Mr. Bob another hand and honor him? He's going to come back up here in just a minute and pray the benediction. I'll call you in just a minute, Mr. Bob. It's a year of power in the spirit through prayer. 
It's time to get our hunger back. It's time to get lean and mean again. It's time to return to our first love. It's time to return to innocence of heart and purity of heart in a world that is cynical. It's time to return to the place of prayer. We will get our power back from the Holy Spirit as we become a people of prayer. So make a, make a concerted effort to join us this year. The second thing, it's a year of leaving a legacy. Twice this year, we're gonna have legacy offerings. April, we're gonna have one, and in December, we're gonna have one. And so Lisa and I are praying about what we're going to do right now, and I invite you to join us. We're gonna be sacrificial, and I invite you wherever God has you, no pressure, I'm not twisting arms, I'm not guilting or shaming, I'm asking you to talk to the Lord about it so that we can secure a legacy for the future. I wanna invite the band to come, and we're going to sing this song. So would you stand with me, church? Before we receive communion, we'll receive communion after this song. But I want us to sing this song of I will build my life. We wanna build our lives in the kingdom of God. We wanna build them beautifully and meaningfully. And so as the band comes, I want you to open your hearts and maybe just open your hands before the Lord and invite his work. Invite him to soften your heart. Invite him to bring you back to that innocence and that tenderness and that purity of heart. Some of you remember those early days where it was just easy to get to the prayer room for you. I remember those days. Our lives get busy and cluttered and chaotic and and sometimes we just need that reset. So Lord, we ask you to return us to the place of prayer. Individually in our homes and corporately together here at the church, Lord, we we invite you to stir up a passion for your house, for your house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. So Lord, bring us back to that moment in time. And Lord, we ask you also to, to stir up a holy responsibility in us to leave a legacy for people who are not yet born so that they can praise the Lord. Lord, we invite you to to speak to us, to to deal with us about what it looks like in this year to, to be aggressive, to be sacrificial. And Lord, I ask you as a pastor here and as a member of this church, as an elder, Lord, would you do the impossible? Would you open up the windows of heaven? Would you shock us, Lord? Not so that we can have cool stuff. Uh, none of that, Lord. We, we want it to be used for the glory of your name and for the good of people all over this city and all around the world. So I'm asking, Lord, unapologetically, make us debt free. Get us in a spot, Lord, where we can be aggressive and where all of our resources can be leveraged. Lord, we depend on you. If you raise Jesus, anything's on the table. So Lord, we say, have your way this year at New Life Church. In the name of Jesus and all God's people said, Let's sing this song, Build My Life Together, and then we'll receive communion. Oh, you are so worthy, Lord. Yes, you are. Worthy of every song we could ever sing. Could ever bring worthy of.
Would you get your communion elements ready to receive? Two things that we as elders have been sensing are two things that require self-sacrifice. Sacrifice of your time. Sacrifice of your heart, your emotion, your energy to come pray, to be a people of prayer. That, that costs us something. Second thing, leaving a legacy. Financially, we're, we're, gonna, we're gonna put our chips on the table with the Lord. We're gonna go for it. It costs something. To come to the table of the Lord at the end of this night and at the end of every sermon is just the right thing to do because what we're saying is only Jesus can help us do it. I cannot be self-sacrificial in my own strength. I can't, I can't do what I've been called to do or be who I've been called to be in my own strength. And so I keep coming back and I keep looking Jesus in the eyes and he keeps saying to you and me, this is my body, which is broken for you. You can't do this alone, but I'll supply you. I'll keep feeding you. I'll keep giving you strength so that you can climb up Golgotha and live the life I've called you to live. Church, we need the strength of Jesus tonight to live this way. So if you would take that bread, if you don't have communion elements, raise your hand. Our team will race to you. I'm sorry about that. Take that bread in your hands and hear the words of the Lord. This is my body which is broken for you. And as often as you do this, he says, remember. Remember what? Well, remember that I'll feed you, but remember how I'm calling you to live. It's broken. I'm calling you to live open hands, open arms, open hearts. Give yourself for the world. And so Lord Jesus, we receive the strength and the nourishment and the help that only you can give us tonight. Saints, you may receive the bread. On the same night, Jesus took the cup of wine and he said, this cup is the new covenant given in my blood and it's given for the remission of your sins. Translation, it's the starting fresh. It's the reset. It's the newness. It's the turning of the page. It's, it's, it's the horizon is now available to you again. Saints, you're clean tonight. You're forgiven. You're washed. You're new. We can build something new together in the power of the spirit. And we can forget all the stuff that we did that's shameful in the past. There's newness tonight. So receive the forgiveness of Jesus. You may drink the cup. Mr. Bob, would you come? And I want you now, church, to open up your hands because you need to be like this guy. And he can pray the prayer that only a 94-year-old man of God can pray who's given himself for this place. And so tonight I'm praying that his legacy, that the, the life he and LeRae have lived, there would be a, tr a, a transference how many of you would love to get to this point looking like this, serving God like this, acting like this? I want it. So open up your hands, and I want Mr. Bob to pray the prayer of blessing that only he can pray to speak life and legacy over you and me as a church that a people not yet born would praise the Lord, Mr. Bob.
I was thinking here, if a person hasn't given their life to Christ, this benediction and blessing is nothing but the end of the service. Let's yeah. go get some coffee. And, yeah. But we pray that our hearts have been touched by Jesus. Yeah. And these words really mean something to us. Yes, sir. And aren't just words. Yes, sir. So, Lord, bless you and keep you. The Lord, make his face to shine upon you. Be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God bless. Amen. And, Lord, we thank you for Mr. Bob. And we speak life, blessing, abundance. We thank you for a man of God right in front of our eyes. The world needs more Mr. Bob's. So, Lord, raise us up. Make us faithful like he's been faithful. Help us to fight the good fight and run the race and keep the faith. We speak life and blessing over him. We thank you for him. And tonight, Lord, we receive the gift of time together in your presence. In Jesus' name, all God's people said. Last time for Mr. Bob. Give it up. Give it up. I want to invite our prayer team to come down. If you need any prayer, we would love to agree with you. If you're new, come see us at Guest Central. Go from here in God's grace and peace. Much love.